You are now listening to the Urban Wire podcast on the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine the light on the issues impacting the urban community. Join us as we discuss the latest in news, politics, social commentary, celebrity news, gossip, interviews, and so much more. This podcast and other podcasts on this network are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Blog Talk Radio. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash UCOFW and join our Facebook group page and official page for show updates, discussions, and show listings. Email us at ucofw.indy at gmail.com to advertise with us, submit show ideas, and other business inquiries. chores done? Well, leave it to Crystal Clean. Crystal will help you keep your place clean, balanced, and in tip-top shape. Crystal will arrive fully equipped with her own cleaning supplies, positive energy, and ability to work some beautiful magic into your life. Keep your home, your sanctuary, and take away some of that stress and worry. You can message her or text her directly to schedule a service at 317-603-5897. Crystal is now specializing in residential and office cleanings, and she's also now servicing Central Indiana, Hamilton County, and Greater Indianapolis. Check her out today.
All right, we are here with another edition of the Urban Wire podcast, brought to you by the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. You can check us out. We're on YouTube tonight at youtube.com forward slash UCOSW. We're on Facebook Live. And you can also check out our podcast on Spotify. We're on TuneIn Radio. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on, a, we're on all the major podcast platforms. So just get on there, download it, share it. And we're going to jump right into our show. Um, we have Miss Nash Paris. She is online, and we're going to bring her up to the stage. Good hey. evening. Hey, Seneca. Nice to be on again. Thank you. We we appreciate you coming on. I know it's been a while since we've been on. So, um, but I just wanted to jump on tonight. Uh, can you hear me? Okay, on your end. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, I just wanted to do a show. Um, with this being Black History Month, I, I felt that we we should have we should at least jump on and discuss uh, Black History and the importance of Black History because I think a lot of times people hear the term Black History Month. And for many people, even within our community, it has a negative connotation to it. But what we need to realize is black history um, is American history. And mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we have uh, gone through, endured, and a lot of contributions that we have uh, contributed to this society, it, it it lends itself to American history. So I really uh, want to discuss that tonight. Um, that's going to be our main topic. But we're going to also talk about a couple other things in addition to that. Um, Trump was just ordered to pay $339 million. He has got a judgment against him. So we're going to discuss that. Also, here in Indianapolis, we just hosted the NBA All-Star Weekend. So we're going to briefly touch on that. Um, there was a lot of events that took place here. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to briefly talk about that. Um, I know it, was, it kind of was off to a rough start because of the weather on Friday, but it was still a successful weekend. Um, a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about it. And of course, you know, there was some naysayers and detractors, but overall it was a good weekend. There was a lot to do. Um, I didn't really make it downtown per se, but um, I kind of went to, you know, to a couple bars, like kind of like close to downtown and stuff like that. Cause I just don't mm-hmm. like dealing with a lot of traffic, but, um, from what I'm hearing, a lot of people that went out, they had a good time. Um, it was very positive. Um, everybody came out, um, showed their support and their love for Indianapolis. And I really want to just say, um, with a lot of things people say about Indianapolis, it's still my hometown, my home city. And, I, you know, uh, I'm really proud of Indianapolis that we were able to host such a phenomenal, like a phenomenal um, event. So, um in continuing, we're also going to talk about another topic, too, I want to jump into is um, obsession with celebrity culture. I feel like a lot of times we idolize these celebrities. We're, we get engulfed with these celebrities, and these people are so out of touch with society and, and like the everyday person. So I want to tell, just talk about that. It's kind of more of like our opinion piece, but we're going to talk about that in addition to Black History Month. And I believe that's all we're going to talk, talk, um, jump on tonight. We're not going to be here too long. 
But um, I'm going to drop the link if anybody wants to come in. I, I believe I dropped it on Facebook. So anybody wants to join in the conversation at any point, feel free to do so. We're going to probably be on here, i say, for about an hour. Um, if we go over, that's fine. But we're just going to do a quick show tonight. And um, this is kind of like a last-minute thing. But I just want to jump on and give you guys something because we haven't been on in a minute. So, Naz, tell us um, – how you been doing? Um, what what do you have going on, and um, what are you looking forward to um, presenting tonight? Do you have anything that you want to share with us as as far as anything that you have going on on your end? Um, so not right now. Um, I'm hoping to host an open mic uh, next month at uh, Press Play okay. in Brownsburg, but uh, really just depends on a lot of various factors. It was going to be mm-hmm. this month, but then uh, there was a little rescheduling due to, um, well, the weekend events. So mm-hmm. hoping maybe mid, mid-March or so uh, to host an open mic for comedians and singers. And aside from that, just a lot of personal things, trying to um, work on business uh, plans with uh, partners and whatnot. So yes. kind of keeping all that just, um, I guess, out circle and just kind of to myself until I get things together with that. So is this now is this something that you're working with the venue with or is this something that you're like collaborating with them to do? Oh so the business thing that's separate from entertainment. That's just uh okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well we'll be looking forward to that. Just keep us posted and we will promote that on the show. I do think that um we, we need more um open mic venues here in Indianapolis um because there is a lot of uh really good talent here. And mm-hmm. I think we need more avenues to promote talent in the city. So we will be looking forward to that. Um, we're going to just jump right into the show. Um, like I said, you can check us out on YouTube, join us on our YouTube platform at um, youtube.com forward slash UCOFW. Go ahead, get over there and subscribe. We're going to have some um, more live streams. We have clips of you know different musicals all kind of stuff that we we do um events around the city and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so get over there subscribe in the future i'm gonna get a um x page for us too so we can start uploading all of our our shows on um x formerly known as twitter as we all know mm-hmm. and there's a couple other platforms i'm looking into as well um but yeah like you can, now it's just like you can shoot damn near upload full like stream like movies like feature films on x now so we're gonna start getting on there and uploading some of our work and i'm gonna probably put some of our clips from my uh, podcast on tiktok as well so Mm -hmm. i just started my tiktok and it's um, primarily of me singing on like some of the things, you know, like some of my, um, cause I like to carry, do karaoke. I like to sing. So I've been doing, you know, just personal clips of me singing, but I'm going to upload, um, clips for our show and I might just do a separate TikTok for, uh, the urban wire media network. So that's some of the things we have in the making. We still are going to hopefully start the urban wire media radio sometime this year. I know I keep saying that, but that's something that we are going to aim toward. So um, keep your ears to the street about that. And we're just going to jump into the show. Now, um, the first topic I really want to delve into, and let me go to my notes, is, uh, like I said, we hosted the 
NBA All-Star Weekend here in Indianapolis. Um, it jumped off. It was kind of a little rocky at the, you know, in the beginning with the weather. But we're going to go to a clip really quick. And also, um, there was a food critic that's that's well known that uh, there was some people out there scamming under his name. And we're going to go to a clip after we – there's going to be two clips we're going to play back and back to back. And we're going to discuss that when we come back. And um, we'll come back with the rest of our commentary. Okay. And when we start jamming here on 13 News, you know it must be something big going on. We've got live team coverage continuing tonight as we kick off or tip off the NBA All-Star Weekend. Dominic Miranda is live at Lucas Oil Stadium where the NBA Cares Day of Service is now happening. But we're going to check in with Anne-Marie Tiernan. She's live from Bicentennial Unity Plaza. Hey, Anne, we're missing your girl out there, but you are taking us with you. Hey. I wish you were here with us because I know, Felicia, you would love this. We got B Swift who's uh, up here entertaining the crowd and the crowd is starting to fill in. The gates opened at 5 o'clock and the celebration gets underway here for 45 minutes, kicking off at 6 o'clock. Now, earlier today, we went over to Lucas Oil Stadium and we were able to look at that super cool LED floor. It is the largest of its kind in the world. And if you can think about it, it's like playing on a TV screen. And they program video and all kinds of images into that floor. They can make it look like a basketball floor. They could make it look like a tennis court. They can even track the movements of the players. I thought that was really, really cool. So they were talking about how this is going to be seen all over the world. It's glass, but it has a little bit of texture to it. The players union did approve it. They even said that if you fall on this floor versus a maple floor, that you would get more of a burn or more of a chance for injury for the players on the maple hardwood floor than you would on this LED screen. So let's talk a little bit about the broadcast we're going to see. Uh, Indianapolis fan football favorites can be part of the broadcast. We're going to break the news here. Uh, he's going to join the announce crew right over here, and he might be involved in a few other things. Uh, we know he brings a lot of excitement here. We're really excited to have him. He's obviously been busy. He was in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. He's been training for the WWE. But uh, we'd love to have Pat be as much a part of the game as he's willing to be. So he's going to be featured here on the ESPN broadcast tomorrow night, the celebrity game that will be at Lucas Oil Stadium and then some other events as well. I would rather not make this video, but it's kind of my attention. People scamming on my behalf and I don't want nobody falling victim to it. So let's talk about it. Before I say anything, it was leaked. I don't know how it was leaked, but it was leaked that I'll be in Indianapolis for NBA All-Star Weekend, which is true. But what's not true is what was brought to my attention. Apparently, food influencers that live in Indianapolis are going around the restaurants and charging these restaurants a fee and guaranteeing them that we coming and we're going to try the food and it's going to be a line out the door. That's not true. We're going to Indianapolis for the game and the game only. Yes, we might try some food while we're there, but we're not going there for food tour. And besides that, no place that we go to do we charge small restaurants for anything. We don't charge for showing up. We don't charge for reviews. We don't charge if there's a line out the door. We don't charge even if you open three or four locations after we leave. 
at no point do I want any money from any small restaurant. I always stay true to myself on this journey and I will always stay true to myself on this journey. Even when I wasn't making no money off of social media or when I wasn't making no money in general, I wasn't charging these small restaurants. And even now that I'm blessed to live the lifestyle that we live, I'm still not charging and I won't charge. I'm not charging those restaurants anything. And if anybody has ever told you anything differently, they lying. They not with me. Cat, a lie is not to be trusted. Get them out of here. And the numbers they supposedly charging is crazy. 7000 to $20,000, allegedly. I'm making this to say, if you are a restaurant owner and you see me while we in Indianapolis, don't come to me and my family and say, you took this money and you ain't showing up for no review. I didn't take no money. I'm not showing up for no review. I didn't promise anything. I'm going to play basketball. I don't want no smoke. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Y'all be safe. <laughs> for real, I'm dead serious. All right, we're back. So, you know, it's always going to be some craziness or some foolishness, like every time there's something positive. So those of you that don't know that um, Keith Lee is a food critic that uh, travels all around the country. And um, I guess he he visits uh, small restaurants and small businesses. And baby, if your if your stuff ain't right, he going to put he's he going to put you on blast now. So you need to get it together now. But um a lot of his his uh, his reviews have helped a lot of businesses too, but I guess like as always, it's always somebody out here scamming, especially when it comes to big events like that. You know, people are gonna always try to be opportunists. A lot of people from coming from near and far, a lot of scheme schemes and scams going on in the city. But yeah, it was just something that I saw at the last minute. I said, let me just throw this in here. I said, that's just sad. And it's just embarrassing. So, mm -hmm. so did you get a chance to go out any or um to do anything or partake in any festiv festivities over the weekend? Um, personally, no. I have a friend who's an event planner, and she wanted me to help with originally, but she had enough volunteers, so I ended up just uh, staying home and relaxing uh, while everyone else went out and partied. So, although I did uh, go out and kind of pepper myself and get my hair done and whatnot so but yeah, yeah just more just time to myself yeah that's cool yeah i just um I, I went to uh mass avenue i went to a couple of spots that i enjoyed down there but actually going like right downtown in the thick of things i didn't uh just watched a lot of the the coverage on online and stuff like that and just like i said i you know i heard mostly positive things like everybody seemed to have mm -hmm. a really good time uh, people that I've spoken to that were down there said that they really had a fun time. So, um, yeah. So, congratulations for Indianapolis and uh, again for hosting this wonderful event. And we will see what uh, we have in the future. Like, I'm really mm -hmm. excited to see. I think this is really going to help our city as mm -hmm. far as other uh, events or big events like this wanting to host in our city. So, I really think that um, it overall was a positive time. I think the police presence really kind of kept things in check and i haven't heard of too many things if like popping off downtown so well I, did you hear did you hear anything i just heard briefly that uh some people were using uh the event as an opportunity to uh protest uh, in favor of uh, uh palestinians but uh, aside from that i didn't really hear anything like yeah. uh, fines and whatnot at uh, uh crowded events but that's about it and of yeah. course, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm in, in favor of protesting. So 
it, freedom for, of speech. It, it's a good cause. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're gonna move on to our next topic. And um, did you hear about the verdict in New York? Um, that that three hundred and thirty, I be- believe, it was three hundred thirty-nine million dollar judgment that um, former President Trump that they threw on him. Like, did you hear about that? Mm, no, I hadn't. What's uh, what is this referring to? Because there's so many things that you could. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Well, I'll I tell you what, we're going to go to a clip and it kind of breaks everything down. And then when we come back, we'll discuss this. And then also, you know, we're going to I will also want to discuss what does this mean for his campaign? Will this impact his campaign or do you have people that will vote for him or follow him? Nevertheless, so we're going to no. go to a clip kind of out outlining this and then we'll come back with the rest of our commentary. sure I've got the right clip. It's a very sad day for, in my opinion, the country. This is Martha Teichner. As soon as the 92-page ruling in the civil fraud case was posted online Friday afternoon, the ranting began. They're lunatics, and it's election interfering. Former President Donald Trump was ordered to pay nearly $355 million dollars his sons, Donald Jr. and Eric, more than $4 million each. Trump is barred from running his own business or any other in the state of New York for three years, his sons for two years. And they can't borrow money from any bank registered in New York for three years. For a man who brags he's a billionaire business genius, the judgment was a body blow, but not a fatal one. Do you see Donald Trump having to unload any of his iconic properties? The ones that really matter, I doubt it. Eric Talley is a professor of corporate law at Columbia University. I suspect that there will be ways to figure out how to put someone in charge of those companies, transfer those assets out of New York companies and into non-New York companies in a way that sort of preserves their value. Trump still has to come up with the cash, now, even while he appeals, and put it in escrow, subject to 9% annual interest, or find somebody to post bond for him. Donald Trump was found to have illegally profited from habitually inflating the value of his real estate holdings in order to obtain loans at favorable interest rates. He claimed, for example, that Mar-a-Lago was worth one to one and a half billion dollars. In 2020, the county tax assessor valued it at 27 million, and Trump agreed. In his ruling, Judge Arthur and Gorin wrote of the defendants, their complete lack of contrition and remorse borders on pathological. Candidate Donald Trump channeled his rage into fundraising. It reinforces his followers' sense of being in the trenches with him. I don't think it wins him one single new voter. Patrick Egan teaches politics at New York University. How Americans experience Trump and what they see him doing, I don't think it's going to have much impact. What they saw him doing yesterday... You're all sneakerheads! ...at SneakerCon in Philadelphia was unveiled, wait for it, 
his never-surrender high tops. That's the real deal. A golden emblem of grievance for only $399. All right, we are back. So obviously he's acting as if he's unfazed by this. So mm-hmm. what do you feel about this uh, this particular story? It just goes to show that he's a narcissist, uh, just mm. zero remorse, uh, unable to take responsibility for his actions. And as far as voting for him, they still will because is basic human psychology. When it comes to something small, people can change their minds and be swayed. But when it comes to someone's whole worldview, uh, something that's really important to someone, uh, foundational to their being. Uh, so in this case, uh, his followers uh, and how they view the country through a lens of Donald Trump, they are not gonna be swayed by much of anything because they would have to change a whole lot uh, in terms of their basic beliefs at this point to uh, realize that Trump is not out for their best interests or anyone else's, just his own. So yeah. it, his, his followers are going to be his followers till, to the end at this point. I, I, I've posed this question to a couple of friends, like, you know, uh, people that I've, I've, we've kind of discussed this, you know, his strategy. Do you feel that Trump actually believes all the stuff that I, I don't believe he does because you have to look back on the mm-hmm. history of Trump. He used to be a very like, I mean, I mean, out. I mean, he was vocally like a, a Democrat. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was and he campaigned hard for them, you know, in the past. But I think he realizes that with the conservative base he has a lot of flunkies that mm-hmm. that are mindless minions mm-hmm. and and he he can manipulate them so he can get in and do a lot of uh push a lot of his agendas and i saw that because mm-hmm. they'll they'll go hardcore for him and i think a lot of them are so stupid that you know he'll like in like like you said he's a true narcissist and those people they they know how to manipulate people. They know how to move people around like chess pieces. And you got to realize that this man's a, a billionaire. So he he didn't get to uh, that status, you know, playing fair. You know, he had to play chess. Yeah. Yeah, although I, I wouldn't uh, credit it, his wealth to uh, being intelligent, though, per se, since, again, he did get, like, what, a million dollar uh, Mudar to start with from his father anyway, so he was born into money, yeah. so that does count for something. And as far as um, the conservatives, it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't take much to to really get on your team, honestly. Like it's, it's what the Democrats and uh, uh, Republicans did, like years ago when they switched parties, more or less. It just mm-hmm. uh, some are just really desperate and, and looking for a strong man to follow and. It's not hard to say a few right words and phrases to give them something to grasp onto when they are frustrated with their lives and just yeah. want someone they they want to believe. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they may not deep down in their hearts believe it, but they really want to believe that someone is uh, out there who has power, who thinks the same way they do. And I, I mean, I know that a lot of these followers don't believe a lot of what he says. Uh, they know he's lying, but they 
do believe that he is also a rich, uh, arrogant, older white man who um, they think is on their team just because of race and gender. So, it, and, and it just, yeah, and it's always, I mean, it's always fascinated me too that a lot of these people that align with him, it's like he, you, he doesn't, I don't know, he, it, there's, his his views and, and his lifestyle doesn't align with yours. Like his interest doesn't mm-hmm. align with theirs. And it's just like, you know, you guys are wanting to uh, go hard for the conservatives. And like you guys, most of you guys aren't in the, the top 1%. You know, you guys, they look at you as common trash. I mean, just, let's just be honest with you. So I've never understood how, you know, these people go so hard for Trump. And I mean, and I know this like it's kind of crazy too, because I know this a lot. It's been more people saying that a lot of black people are considering voting for Trump, you know, because yeah. of uh how the Democrat Party has mm-hmm. dropped the ball in many aspects. Um, and it and it just didn't start with Biden, you know. Um, a lot of people feel like we've been voting Democrat for so long, but where has it gotten us? So it's it's one of those things now where where this election can go either way. Like I know we're kind of veering off from what we were talking about as far as this case is concerned, but I feel like this is going to be a very interesting election this mm-hmm. year. Um, I'm I'm really fascinating to I'm more fascinated honestly to see what Trump's going to do on the campaign train. How's he? How's he going to address all of his legal issues? And then yeah. you have the the issue. It, it's, it's so much going on. Like, I don't know how he is going to get all of this. I think it's, if he plays it strategically, if he gets into office, mm-hmm. he can maybe, I don't know, uh, overturn all this stuff and get, get himself out of legal trouble. So I, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, like, if they're going to kind of speed up the the wheels as far as like getting all these these cases and all these things through the court system before the election. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's this this is going to be a very interesting election. I feel like we're going to see a lot of uh things that we've never seen before. Like we we're already seeing stuff. So it, it's I don't know. I don't know. On the one reason I wish I could just leave the country and move to Paris or something. But well, although they have issues in Europe too, so that's not gonna fix it. But uh, yeah. as far as black people and Democrats, like I feel like we never voted for them because we liked them anyway. People always uh, try to make us feel bad for voting Democrats, saying that they're no better and that they're um, controlling us or something. And that's not true. Black people are intelligent people. We know that they're not gonna fulfill our needs. But it's kind of like voting for the lesser two evils at times. That's the, what we mm-hmm. try to do. But we, we know they're not going to actually help us. It's not a matter of uh, believing them. It's just a matter of what's going to hurt me the least at this point. And because we don't have yeah. any any party in this country that's really for us. And we've, we've always yeah, known that's that. true. So, so it's, yeah. it's people who um, pick at us saying, oh, you're on the Democratic uh, plantation and try to make us feel like, um, feel like we're, we're wrong for voting a certain way. It's because, I mean, we, we know already that they don't, really care about us like it's just really demeaning to to pretend that uh we are just voting for 
things we don't believe in and that we're not thinking these things through like we're yeah. highly intelligent we just have very few options at this point yeah we and, do and and, and, I, and I feel like there's paid black people like I call them paid negro minions on both sides like a lot of them are paid on both sides and they will they will sell the community out. You have some, I believe there's paid people on the conservative side that are trying to get black people to come over to, uh, to the Republican side. And I think there's mm -hmm. democratic shields too. It didn't have the Owens anyway. Didn't she, wasn't she like a victim of some kind of racism years ago? Yes. Now she's, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> the black face of like conservative women or something. So. I can't even take her seriously. Like you, like, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, like you have some of these conservatives like Candace Owens, which she spews all this vitriol towards black society and especially black Americans. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people got to realize is she's not what, what we call uh, foundational black American. She's not black American. So that's why she it's so easy to, for her to sell us out. But mm -hmm. You talk about us, you talk about that there's no racism, it's all in our minds, and we in this, that, and the other, and you're caping hard for white supremacy, but you yourself benefited from you know some of these laws, this anti-discrimination laws, and now you're sitting on your platform acting as if there's no racism and we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. And I have a problem with that pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Mm -hmm. type of politics because it's easy for you to say that but when you hit a lick or you you sell yourself out you know um mm -hmm. or you want to get out here and i hate using this term but i just don't use the time you you you're bed winching mm -hmm. and now you want to look down on the black people and it's like girl you you are just sad and i'm gonna tell you she's gonna have her wake-up call like just like yeah. when they're gonna get you Tired of her, they're gonna throw her away like they did Stacy Dash and all these other people that mm -hmm. caped hard for people and said that you know there's no discrimination, there's no this, that, and the other. They're going to use you up and throw you throw you to the to the curb. And and the thing is, they don't respect people that don't have loyalty to their own people. Well, so mm -hmm. the, yeah, the point thing about that is each one of them doesn't really think that they will be thrown aside because mm. there are people who uh, feel like they are an exception to any rule. I, I, I've known, like, I knew a black Trump's, Trump voter supporter years ago who had a lot of the same views that like, um, uh, only he is important, the rest of us don't matter, only his family, and that uh, anything that happens to black people won't happen to him because he's so special. Uh, there's cops who uh, pull him over just because he just because he's black, uh, he can talk his way out of it because he's so smooth. He thinks, and uh, and uh, that uh, things that will screw the rest of us over will somehow be a chance for him to make more money off of the suffering of his own community. So these are uh, also he was diagnosed as a sociopath. So uh, that uh, that th there is that um, that uh, element as well. And also do keep in mind that like narcissists, sociopaths can, can make up like maybe. 10% of the population anyway, or any given population. So, um, yeah, it, it's always people who are arrogant and think that uh, the rules for the rest of us will not apply to them because they are so special. 
Okay. Next, we have a comment uh, from a viewer, um, Justin R., which I, that's that's one of our that's one of our friends. So uh, we're gonna uh, read his comment. His comment says Trump could easily be defeated if the Dems would put forward a real candidate. Democrats have fallen into a pattern of expecting your vote without pretending you're getting anything in return. And let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, this is so true because I feel like they feel like, well, they, they use a lot of fear mongering tactics and they said, well, we don't have to really promise them anything. You, you can just keep threatening. Oh, if you don't vote for us, Trump is going to get back in. The Trump the, is the boogeyman, this, that, and the other. And it, it absolves them from really doing the work or putting anything out there for the American people. And I feel like, okay, even though they are the lesser of two evils, if you want to look at it like that, there still needs to be accountability on their end. And like, I want to go back to a point that you made earlier. This system was never designed for us in mind. So like when you said earlier, I don't know if you, you remember earlier, like you said, well, mm-hmm. this, we don't really have a political party that is really for black people, like solely black people. But I feel like a lot of times they get away with that because with us being, and I'm just going to say it like the black vote is the backbone to the Democrat party. And for them to do specific things for other groups of people and never address the things that we, that are important to our community solely for our community. I just think it's a slap in our face. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how do you feel about that? It almost feels planned, doesn't it? Like didn't make the, uh, the conservative party seems or make, make, make it so bad that we have to vote for Democrats. Like, and they're all wealthy and in the same rooms. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say that they're working together on it, but it's just, it's just strange how you have this horrible choice and then this bad choice and it's just so consistent and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue to follow this, um, especially we're going to continue to follow Trump and, you know, all his legal issues. Like, it's a lot to unpack. There's a lot coming up. We're not going to even get into the, the funny situation. Like, we're going to talk about that <laughs> the next time because I didn't have time to really prepare for that. But that's going to be a whole mess right there as well. Um, and it's just amazing that this this man can still run for president Mm -hmm. and he has all these legal issues he's escaping prison time like the average joe that i feel like the average person couldn't get away with the stuff that he he's getting away with like you we will be in prison for decades like federal prison like i don't understand how he's skirting through the 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 system but like you said you know pop money Equals, mm-hmm. you know, in, in generational wealth, like like we mentioned earlier, and you know, you got the complexion for the protection. All all of those factors are going to uh, contribute to you being able to skirt the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as far as um, how his supporters um, worship him, even though they are people, he wouldn't. Um, well, 
when you think about uh, for, for a second, um, that really kind of carries over into the whole uh, celebrity and um, people worship um, and people just, they seem to, regardless of uh, how poor they are, love Trump and people like him because mm. there's this idea in the in America of people who are wealthy being like appointed or anointed by God or something to be rich. Like uh, mm. what, which, which belief is it? Calvinism, where they believe that people who are wealthy are that because mm. God shows them that they're such good people and people who are poor are being punished by God because they're bad people. Like the idea that rich is just inherently good and that also people really want things to go um, well in the way of what people who are wealthy because a lot of Americans have this idea in their heads that, oh, I'm, I'm poor now, but in the future, I will be rich because they've been fed the idea of the American dream being possible for everybody and that anyone can get rich. So one day I'll be rich. So I want things to be in favor of the rich so that when I'm in that place, I'll have all of those benefits too, instead of thinking about where they are now and how unlikely it is that they'll ever be at that place in their lives. So, but because they feel that way about planning for a hypothetical future of being successful themselves, they just keep doing what the wealthy people want them to do and also somehow believing, again, like I mentioned before, people who are the same race and gender will just be on the same team regardless of class and other factors. So there's just a lot to really resolve in the US psychologically to fix the class issues as long as people keep believing that helping the rich will help them some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good topic. Um, well, I want to move on to the next topic that, um, I, that I want to jump on tonight and, and that's before we jump into our main discussion about Black History Month. I've been noticing a lot um, this year. I think we're even even in a previous year, but especially this year, like with even within, you know, we're halfway through the month here. Like this year is still young. I've been seeing a lot of people that are really invested in celebrity culture and it's more than usual. Like like this year, I've been seeing a lot of people being exposed. Um, not even just like mainstream people, but like a lot of these mega church pastors, a lot of this, a lot of these people are so consumed with celebrity culture. And sometimes I think that it's a distraction of what's really going on. But I feel like a lot of times we're um invested in these celebrities, and these people aren't even in the same tax tax bracket of as we are. Um, they don't share the same interests as we are, and they're playing us as the you know the everyday um, American people, and and they're playing us like to to push their agendas to you know fight for them, and I'm all for equality. Like, and and then let me say this: like the whole situation, like 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 the Shannon Sharp, like he's been doing a lot of ish, uh, uh, interviews with celebrities like Cat Williams and Monique, which anybody that's been following Monique for years, she's been fighting for equality in um, Hollywood. 
And I guess she's been under fire, too, because a lot of people are saying, you know, OK, it's all well and good that you want to point out everybody else and you want to talk about everybody else. But you're estranged from your own son. You don't even have a relationship for your son. But yet you want to get out here and talk about everyone else. And the way I feel about it is I don't get invested in these celebrities. I just look at their lives. And, and when we talk about these celebrities on our show, I, I do it. OK, everybody wants to gossip in the tea, but I look at it from the point of view. We can use what they're going through and use their struggle um, as a way to make our lives better. Like we see what they're going on. And, and it's also a way to show people that everything that glitters ain't gold. Like, you know, you're chasing after fame. You're chasing after notoriety you chasing after money but because you think that all these things are going to fix your your problems but a lot of these celebrities they they don't they have more than the average person but they're just as their lives are just topsy-turvy they don't have any peace they always have to worry of who's around them that's really for them or against them and i just i really feel that we are too um consumed with what, what's going on with them. These people don't know you. They don't, mm -hmm. you know, we go out and bat so hard for people go online, they fight, people threatening each other, ready to pull up on mm -hmm. other people because you don't like their celebrity that that, that they like. And yeah. I just think it's ridiculous that we're so consumed with celebrity culture. You know, how do you feel about that? Do you think that there is a, a culture mm -hmm. where we idolize these people? Yeah, people started writing about uh, these, I think it's called parasocial uh, relationships years ago, um, and how, well, I think mostly it's the fantasy of it, but uh, I think we can use, say, South Korea as a nice case study and observe how they treat their celebrities, because theirs is a really extreme case of what we have over here, um, people who are uh, young and in the spotlight, can't date openly, uh, their lives are constantly being filmed. Uh, they are not just in movies or music videos, uh, they are in little manufactured uh, like clips of their lives, which isn't real, it's fake, and, but they still are like uh, filmed and put out for the fans to see how their so-called uh, celebrity boyfriends and girlfriends live their day-to-day -day lives and people get really consumed with it and uh, it's this idea of like uh, training the the uh, viewers to feel like these are actual friends and not just people they're watching through a screen who they know nothing about so they're made to feel like they know every single detail about this person yeah I don't know. I, I just I feel like so many times like we it's just like I wonder a lot of times are these celebrities put in front of us to distract us. Um, I know there a lot of people get into uh, conspiracy theory about um, about the Illuminati and the how people have to sell their souls to get into the industry and this, that and the other and like um and how demonic the entertainment industry is um but I, I really feel that the average the everyday person we have our own issues like we we have to worry about how capitalism is whooping our behinds 
we we have to worry about the the rising cost of rent we have to worry about the rising cost of uh just just the cost of living in general i think we lost nas but we're gonna wait to see if she comes back on but i do believe that there is a I, I think that there's a obsession with a lot of these celebrities and I know it's entertainment. I know entertaining to follow the, what's going on to get the latest tea. You know, I, I think a lot of times people use celebrity news and gossip just to get away from reality because a lot of people's lives are boring. A lot of people's lives are stressful. They're full of drama and this, that, and the other. But um, I feel a lot of times that, we we use that as an outlet to escape reality. And I think we have Nas back. Let me bring her back into the feed. Okay. We got you back. Um, I want to hear if anybody's listening to this live, like, what do you guys feel about that? Like, do you feel that uh, people, a lot of people are obsessed with celebrity news and gossip because it's an escape of reality? Because they, like I said, a lot of our lives are, we're full of stress, full of drama, or some people's lives are just boring and they need an escape or, you know, it's, it's a distraction tool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if anybody thinks about it, yeah, just drop a comment and let us know. Like, but how do you feel? Like, do you think that, that a lot of this stuff is a distraction or do you think it's just a way for people just to get away from what's really going on in reality? Absolutely. What I was getting at earlier was that people these days are just lonely, so they need that uh, that imaginary friendship or imaginary partner uh, they get from seeing these celebrities, uh, in some cases uh, for fangirls and fanboys. And in terms of people who are a bit more, I guess, mature about it, but still not, but still consumed, consumed by it, um, yeah, they... They do like to keep themselves busy mentally with the gossip and the drama of it because it's exciting. It's fun to, I guess, for some people to watch uh, these things um, play out. And mm -hmm. it's uh, a lot more uh, entertaining, I think, to maybe the average person than watching something about um some war uh, over the Middle East or wa watching some nonsense about the politicians we have in this, this country. Uh, it, it's just, it's not positive, it's all negative, but at least yeah. this level of stuff is, is more entertaining and it's not something that, that's gonna like ruin their lives. Like talking about uh, Trump and uh, politicians, well, that, that's going to really, really uh, affect your, your life. But uh, some bad things happening with celebrities, that's, it's not good, but it's nothing that's going to affect your job or your wallet or put you in danger because the cops are coming for you because you're a, the wrong color or gender or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, we it's, have it's another comment. We have another comment that I wanted to, um, to read someone, um, which I, I don't think we have the name for this person, but they left the comment that says sports and entertainment go hand in hand. Bread and circuses and is a Roman phase mm -hmm. meant to keep the masses from revolting against the power structure, which is very true. I agree with that statement. Yes. So, yeah, we want to thank everybody so far. Um, I really appreciate the engagement. Um, we still have a little bit left in the show. 
Um, I'm thinking, should we take a break? No, I'm just going to push on through. Um, it's just a little under an hour, so we're just going to push through to our last topic. Um, I want to talk about Black history. And I want to educate people about Black History Month and how it came to be. And also, I want to talk about the importance of Black history and how Black, black history is American history and why we should celebrate it. Because I think a lot of times um, we hear Black History Month, there's a lot of negative connotation about it. Mm. Uh, but I feel that we need to know uh, how this country came into existence how black Americans helped shape this, this country, um, which we call them. Um, a lot of people call us foundational black Americans or mm-hmm. ADOS Americans, descendants of slaves, but you know, or freedmen. That's what they, uh, that's what we're called. But a lot of people, we have a very rich history in this country. And I feel like uh, a lot of times we just celebrate Black History Month, we just you get these same old pictures. Like, I, and I'm all for Martin Luther King. I'm all for Malcolm X because they, those were pivotal uh, people in in our in our history that helped push for a lot of rights that we have today. But there's a lot. It's more to our our ancestry than just struggle. struggle, you know. And a lot of people don't realize that, like a lot of inventions, a lot of things, or uh, a lot of things that we use on an everyday basis, like a lot of innovations, have came from Black Americans. So we 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 have a lot to to be proud of. And I think with this generation, and we're going to get into that topic in a little bit because I feel like with this generation, I think they're becoming more and more far removed from their history, especially Mm -hmm. with the being pushed to eliminate uh, black uh, history in schools and uh, the true history of what happened in this country. We're going to get into that, but I want to just give you guys a history of black, uh, of where black history month came from. Um, We're going to go to a clip and then when we come back, you know, uh, I'm going to give you, you know, just a few facts on where black history month originated from. And then Mm -hmm. we're going to, further develop our conversation behind this and when we come back we'll come back with the rest of our commentary so let me pull our clip up and here we go every february the united states and canada recognize black history month but its founder hoped for a different future for black history Carter G. Woodson, the Harvard-educated historian who established Black History Month, hoped Black history would become so ingrained in American history that Black History Month would be unnecessary. But in 1926, when he began Negro History Week, the second week in February, he had two objectives. To prove to white America that Blacks had played important roles in the creation of America and deserved to be treated equally as citizens. And second, to increase the visibility of Black life and history at a time when the media was portraying the Black community negatively with anti-Black racist imagery, like Black caricatures, Black-faced minstrel shows, and films like the 1927 hit, The Jazz Singer. In 1976, Woodson's Association for the Study of American Life and History was such the annual theme for every Black History Month, lobbied for Black History Week to become a month, and got President Gerald Ford to make the first proclamation. Every president since then, except for Donald Trump, has proclaimed the new theme annually. Congress officially recognized Black History Month in 1986. Black History Month is often controversial with calls for Whiteness History Month or Confederate History Month to others, including some black people saying it's outlived its usefulness or that it's antithetical to American values. 
But despite the official designation, there are no federal requirements for teaching black history in school curriculums. And on an average, less than 9% of history class is spent on black history. In some states, it's completely ignored. Hey, thanks for watching. If you like this video, check out these other videos from. All right, we are back. Um, something else I want to to uh, to bring up too, which I I really found this interesting is you, the Black Black History Month is celebrated in several other countries too. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, it, it they started celebrating it after we did, but like we have countries like Canada, of course, um, the UK, Germany, mm -hmm. um, the Republic of Ireland, France, and even in Africa, you know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have embraced this month to kind of highlight some of the, the accomplishments of black people. And I feel like this is something that we all can learn from. It's not a month where it's, it's, uh, used to separate us i think it's something to remind us like hey we're part of history too mm -hmm. um we we love this country we we helped build this country and we just want everyone to know about our history mm -hmm. and how a lot of um, people sacrificed for this country as well that were uh black americans so mm -hmm. i really feel that with the agendas that are being pushed now to delete this certain curriculum out of education, I, I believe that it's more important. It's, it's imperative that we teach our young people. Like if you're not going to get the knowledge in school, you, you need to teach your kids outside of school. You need to urge them to, to discover who they are, because mm -hmm. unfortunately, if you leave that up to the school system, your kids are going to be jacked up. Your, yeah. your, your kids are going to be confused. They ain't going to know who they are. And they're gonna leave your your children in in a, a bad position. They're not going to have uh, knowledge of self. They're not going to have any self worth. They're gonna look down on themselves. So a lot of this stuff has to be taught at home. You can't expect the school system to instill self worth into your into your children because they're not gonna do it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of black students are being attacked at school. Like they they already have a lot. I can go into a lot of directions with it, like yeah. the school to prison pipeline. Like it's it's just like we they have been. I don't know. We're already. Mm -hmm. I don't know at, at, at a disadvantage going into the yeah. system. So. Yeah. So, what well, I say one say is first of all, others shouldn't be concerned about us having this month because, to be frank, there's other uh, cultures who have uh, history months for themselves as well. Uh, Asian right. History Month or Native American. So uh, coming after just our month when everyone else has theirs too, just, uh, well, it seems petty, but also it's obviously anti-Black, but... Right. Um, anti-Blackness. So, yeah, like, like, why go after just ours when others have, yeah, months as well, even Women's History Month or something. So, and as far as the teachers, um, yeah, the, I agree with you, what you said about you can't rely on the schools because um, I, I, when I was in college, I spoke to teachers uh, who had classes that had heavy uh, proportions of black and Latino students. Uh, one was actually uh, going back to school to 
get a higher degree. And I asked him uh, how he taught history because he was a history teacher. And because he mentioned that his uh, class had lots of black and Latino students, I said, did he, uh, you know, adjust uh, what he was teaching to fit um, the students who were actually listening to him? Um, Did he focus on their history and things that would be important for for them to learn? And he said, of course, that um, they had had to teach things a certain way or there's going to be problems. And I had another one Mm -hmm. I spoke to who gave the same answer that if they don't teach a certain way and leave certain things out, they can get a lot of trouble. So yeah, especially in Florida, I hear like that that that's being pushed really heavily in Florida, and it's scary. Like you think that it's just going to stop in Florida, like mm-hmm. um, it's just they're just testing it out, and it's mm-hmm. and and for you to be naive to think that it's not going to come to a city near you, you're sadly mistaken. You know, and I feel like, what are you trying to hide? Like, you're embarrassed. You don't want the mm-hmm. world to know, like, mm-hmm. the uh, demonic history of this country mm-hmm. and what you did to Black Americans or uh, and Indigenous Americans. Like, you don't want people to know uh, this, you know, you, you want this this pristine image to be pushed out globally of, you know, America, but mm-hmm. it's far from that. And I think mm-hmm. that if we if we start whitewashing history, we're doomed to repeat it. Like we have yeah. to put it out there. Like every other group, if they have had atrocities done to them, they're not going. They they don't want you to forget what happened to them, and you better not mess with their history because there's going to be hell to pay for it, and they're not going to put up with it. So I feel like we as black people, we have to be serious about our our mm-hmm. history. And we have to be serious about teaching our young people about their history and their accomplishments. Because I think a lot of times, like I mentioned earlier, this school system is not meant to build your child up, especially. Yeah. So it has to start at home, like um, knowledge of self and Mm self-love and uh, all that stuff has to be instilled by the parents at home because this, this school system's a mess. They halfway want to educate your students anyways. They're leaving mm-hmm. out these schools not knowing how to do basic reading, write, writing, and arithmetic. And you think they're going to teach your kids that? Like, no, you have to instill that at home. It's just mm-hmm. certain things. We, we got to stop sending these kids to school thinking that the school is just going to equip them with everything. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not, not yeah. today. It's not going to happen today. Yeah, and this is years in the making anyway. Um, there was a scholar years ago. I mean, I believe it was Howard Zinn. Don't quote me on that. It's been a really long time since I read the book. But there was a scholar who um, had actually written a book to be used in schools and couldn't get it passed because it was too, I guess, honest about American history. And uh, they didn't mm. want to put that into schools and into children's hands because well, what he basically went into was saying that um, history classes in schools are not designed to teach history. They're designed to build productive, um, loyal uh, citizens who will do whatever they're told by those who are above them. And he said that, that you can see how this kind of like 
this method of teaching will um, will actually affect the grades of black and brown students. Uh, they'll disengage because what's being taught is really degrading. Uh, they they will either just have their self-esteem attacked or they will just disengage and have really bad grades in that subject. And it's all designed that way just to uh, create this idea of America being the best country in people's minds and uh, making certain students who are privileged to feel really good about themselves uh, and their history instead of just telling the truth of the matter. Yeah. And, and I really feel a lot of times, like, you don't really get a thorough education. A lot of people down college, which I think it is a college, it's a trap in many cases, but one thing I will say that I learned that I gained from attending college is just a knowledge itself, and you actually get to research and delve into certain mm -hmm. types. I didn't really delve into that stuff like when I was in high school. Like they didn't really teach teach that teach Black History Month in high school and, and about. This is a lot of stuff I had to research on my own and mm -hmm. further my education. That's why I became more aware and uh, more knowledgeable about black history. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things like, you know, you, you, you have to, to learn this stuff on your own. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of knowledge that you're, you're just going to get a very surface understanding of history. Mm -hmm. um, you have to research a lot of these things on your own. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with us as a people, I, I, I think if we were we had a better um, knowledge and awareness of who we were, I think mm -hmm. a lot of the, the ills that we face as a community would cease to exist, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that we would sometimes get out of this defeatist mindset, um, even though we are we, we, we're already at a disadvantage being born into this country. You know, we have a lot lot of um, odds stacked against us, but I feel like if we were more aware of who we are and the things that we have overcome or overcame as a group of people, I think that that would help us fight even stronger. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. globally, we, 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 we have done a lot in this country and a lot of people like to discredit us, but, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't even have to get into the inventions that we've created, a lot of the innovations that we created that were stolen yeah. by slave, slave masters. And they, they, yes, so don't let anybody tell you that we haven't contributed anything to this country because that's a lie. We helped mm -hmm. build this country. There were inventions that were built. And then it seems like every time we we have built uh, well, you know, affluent neighborhoods, it was sabotaged. This country has always been sabotaged. Like it, the fact that we're still here, we 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 live through Jim Crow. We live through slavery, Jim Crow. We live through them bombing our communities. We live through segregation. Um, there were even attacks against us when they tried to put drugs, crack in our communities. They mm -hmm. put like diseases. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. it's, it's it's really we we have a lot to be grateful for. Like mm -hmm. we we should be proud because like. People can point and say, well, the black community is this and the black community that we have this problem and that problem. But you know what? Any other group of people 
could not endure what we've gone through. Like it's a it's 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 a miracle that we are even here, even with some of the dysfunction that we have, that in issues that we still need to work through. It's a miracle that we are still here, like alive. Like you know, mm-hmm. and that 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 should be a you know a further testament of the strength that our people have and the resilience that our people have. So. Yeah. And people who say that never consider the effects of transgenerational trauma anyway, like trauma mm. that, that the mother endures when she's pregnant is going to uh, release stress uh, stress uh, chemicals into her body and to, to the fetus. And also it's going to obviously affect the way she raises her child. And then we consider the abuse that children face in society at large away from their parents. There's just yeah, a lot of trauma that gets passed either from the parents or from society itself, because it's not just us, it's the whole whole country uh, has this built into them uh, in some way. So uh, yeah, it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, some things um, that we do, obviously uh, adults should take responsibility for, for their own actions, but like you need to take into yeah. consideration what causes issues uh in the community as well and uh instead of oh just pointing fingers to say that we're inferior because we have poverty or drug use or whatever like are you actually pointing these things out because you care and want to help or is it just another way to say oh you're inferior because you can't uh, uh, overcome uh, these problems quick enough when we've only been out of segregation well well, since the 60s so like that's not enough you can't like create a problem that's lasted for centuries and fix it in in, like less than a decade or or less less than a century i say yeah and 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 the thing you got to realize is a lot of people here's the thing you still have people individuals that were still alive doing it's not like these people have all passed on you mm-hmm. have people that vividly remember these traumatic events. Like mm-hmm. I have a grandmother that's like mm-hmm. in her mid nineties that saw a lot of this stuff from Mississippi. Like a lot of this stuff, she she lived through this. Like a lot of like mm-hmm. our our elders are still alive. Like you got to mm-hmm. realize we're not. If you think about it realistically, we're not too far removed. Yeah. Let alone like segregation and all that stuff. We're not too far removed from mm-hmm. slavery. Like yeah. you have some people like their great grandparents, like were slaves. Like mm-hmm. you know, depending on how long they lived. So mm-hmm. the fact that people tell me that we should get over it and we're not doing anything and and this that and the other, that's absurd. I don't want to hear that because. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. You go finish yourself. Oh, you're fine. Oh, you're fine. No. No, I'm just saying that, like, I feel like we've done a great job considering everything that's happened. Like, people really underestimate the uh, the trauma, the abuse, what actually was done. Like, they don't really know the details of it. I, when I was in high school, I had a teacher who was talking about uh, slavery, just the basic details. And some student was like, well, why, why couldn't they just choose to not work? And, I'm, and I was just like, do you not understand what was happening to ask why I couldn't just choose to not work. Like it people just really don't understand at all what is really being discussed. They don't understand uh people 
pulling out your teeth and using them to make dentures or oh people skinning you to make furniture, people like using your hair and cutting you off to, to stuff furniture, like, like, like you're an animal or, or just raping you as a child and forcing mm. you to give birth and force and live, making you live in a closet so, and just pulling you out at, at their discretion to rape you and then throw you back in when you're like 12. Like there, there was a lot that happened and that, that I'm just, you know, just a couple of things off the top of my head. Like you're, what do you, what, what do you think we are trying to recover from just being forced to not or forced to work uh, for free like that's just the basics like this wasn't just free labor this was genuine torture and genocide it was systematic racism like and it was meant to break us down like they stripped us of stripped us of our language our cultures our mm -hmm. our everything and the thing is a lot of people and I don't want to we can go into get real deep with this like you have to realize how the black man was the masculine um late oh, yeah. native or whatever like how they were uh buck broken the women were were raped mm -hmm. let's just be honest with you the kids were stripped from their parents like families was broken up that's why there's such like and i'm not saying this is true for all black americans but that's why there's the a divide within our community as far as the family because the family has all they've always attacked the family they knew that was one way to keep us fragmented as a group of people by attacking the family mm -hmm. you, you saw how um they did that during slavery they did that um even like um when there were certain programs like you can't have a father in the home in order to benefit from this this and that you know um it's just are throwing black men in jail for offenses that other people commit and they get a slap on the wrist like the whole yeah. thing and this is what i have a problem with people like joe biden like mm -hmm. you know i know he's a democrat but you put into legislation like a lot of things that broke up the black family you did mm -hmm. and and it's like we have to take accountability of this like we're still trying to uh heal from a lot of this stuff you know what i mean there's so mm -hmm. much dysfunction. yeah yeah this didn't it's not not at all stops like with slavery people always say slavery was uh what a couple hundred years ago almost and it's like okay but it didn't stop then obviously um it took a while for the memo to reach a lot of people and then even once people were not officially chattel anymore you still had people who had the same ideals living their day-to-day -day lives like after slavery uh they're in a case in memphis tennessee i think where a white man broke into a black home and he pushed out the black man and forced the black woman to make food for him and then try to pleasure him sexually and she cried when he tried to force her to uh, perform fellatio and when she cried he was the white man was confused like oh i heard that all black women are naturally promiscuous that is impossible mm. to rape you because you always want it and if you always want it it's always consensual if it's always consensual then it's never rape 
And uh, so those ideas that carried on after slavery. Yeah. And uh, it, and then once you get in, into like, um, yeah, the period afterwards, you also had newspapers being printed saying that um, black men can control their women and uh, that we go out and uh, have sex with everyone, everything, and uh, that we are loud, yeah. controlling, and aggressive. So it paints us both in a bad light. It makes uh, black women seem like we're not real women because those are things that they will, in, in uh, the American mind, women don't do. So it made us look like, like we were aggressive and uh, promiscuous and made black men look, um, well, well, weak and emasculated because they couldn't control mm. them the way a white man could. So it was kind of like uh, taking care of both of us uh, uh, at the same time by saying th these things in newspapers printed. So that that's um, propaganda that starts spreading. And that's why we get these Jezebel stereotypes um, and these uh, other views of, well, black women and black men. So, and of course, it all started with started in slavery to uh, justify rape. But yeah, it carried on way after that into these forms. And that's why we still have these beliefs and issues today. And then that kind of leads into like, you know, they try to keep pit uh black men versus black women like we we even see this stuff play out on social media that's how they keep us divided because they put these gender biases and all this stuff like we have gender wars between the black man and the black woman this stuff like people think this stuff is just happening this stuff has been going on for years and it, like you said we don't have the black family or the black unit then that's how they can keep us divided you see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's okay. that's why it's it's just it's important for us to put all that stuff aside. And it's time for us to start healing. And it's time for us, like individually, collectively, we need to do it, but individually, we need to start investing in mental health. Like uh we need to because that's a lot of that's a lot of just trauma that's passed on for generation to generation a lot of shame, a lot of just, a lot of just dysfunction that was started in slavery. And we haven't broken those generational curses, man. This thing can go really deep. That's why I believe in mental health. I believe in, if you need to go talk to, to someone and get some help, work through some issues, do it. There's no shame in doing it because we're not going to heal as a group of people until we start investing in in that like we we just think that and i i don't have nothing against you know the church i grew up in the church or whatever but we think that we're gonna pray to jesus and he gonna fix it by and by and this that, and the other but at the end of the day you know the god give has given us knowledge he's given us people to help uh work through these issues so um we shouldn't be ashamed to to better ourselves you know what i mean we we, we have a lot of things that we need to work through as a group of people. And like I said, I'm very proud to be a black American because I know how resilient we are. We are a fighting group of people. We we fight. We we've always fought the good fight. We we fought for this country. We helped build this country and like regardless of the stuff that we've gone through, you know, we still have a spirit of black excellence. You know, and I think a lot of times with the media, let me bring Naz back up. Uh, I think she dropped. I think a lot of times the media 
and, and I talked about this. We talked about this um, a while ago on one of my uh, previous part podcasts, and we might talk about this again because I want to get your opinion on this in the future. How the media is out here to denigrate the black community, and I think that a lot of times we the the, the media puts the worst of the worst out there for everyone to see globally. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people from other countries has have these negative misconceptions about us because they're being fed this stuff through the media. And a lot of times, a lot of our accomplishments, a lot of the things that we have contributed to um, not only just American society, but globally in like other countries, a lot of that stuff is not uh, being presented to the world. So that's why, it's it's just it's 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 a system like man i'm telling you it was a system that was designed even now like the legal system wasn't it it wasn't designed with us in mind like a lot of this stuff hasn't been updated in the constitution the laws are antiquated and they still consider us three-fifths of a person they do so that's why it's so easy for them to throw us in in uh in in the prison system that's why it's so easy to to uh for the younger people to be into this like system of the school to prison pipeline because they they don't look at us as human even though that we were the ones that helped founded this country you see what i'm saying yeah like, i yeah. know y'all don't want to hear this but we're gonna talk about it tonight i think it's a little worse than just not uh considering what we've uh, accomplished I, I think a lot of, i've seen um cases where you know the countries they will take something that we've created and actually attributed to someone else entirely. Like I remember seeing um, a while ago or a few years ago, they were discussing, I think it was jazz and uh, and blues in Korea. And this Korean man said, oh, um, uh, black people copy jazz and blues from white people and that our music is based on white music like, uh, like jazz. I'm like, so they're not even considering I don't even think I don't think so. Like even that, like I know it's been a lot of a big debate on even hip hop. Like, yeah. like, the, the origins of that. Like, no, this was an American black art form. Now the other people join in later on to help shape it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they did, you know, but they did not originate this. Yeah. You know, this, that, this art form. That's my point. Like uh these are things that we've created, but people in People elsewhere are, are at this point are trying to attribute it to someone else, and yeah, mm-hmm. like you mentioned with art with rap, I've seen people lately even saying rap is white music. I'm like, where is this coming from? It's like kind of like how uh, rock and roll originated with us, uh, with Miss um, what was her name, Rosetta Tharp or someone, uh, and mm-hmm. she her, her her music was actually um, well. Her songs uh, were taken by white artists like Hound Dog was originally hers, not Elvis's. Mm-hmm. And um, but again, I, I'm seeing I've seen lately like, like just starting just a few years ago, people are starting to try and say that jazz belongs to white people or rapper or R&B or blues, and it's not because well, it really comes down to just not wanting to give us any credit for our own culture. Yeah. And and I I was really surprised because I I guess since I am black I just took it as common knowledge that these come from black culture but apparently not and that's why people talk about appropriation like 
it'd be different if um, we were treated better and things are being shared and done equally. But when right. you look at how rock and roll went from being just a black style, which they wouldn't even play because it was black music, to suddenly yeah. being almost exclusively white and the handful of black artists are not as popular as the white ones, it just makes me feel like, okay, so that happened. So is that gonna happen with rap and R&B or uh, hip hop next? Because I mean, it, yeah, like it's with uh, our faces on it right now, but you know, the same thing with, with rock and roll years ago, it was our faces and now it's not. So it, mm-hmm. it, it, history can also obviously repeat itself. And yeah. it's not that, I know people will say it's just music, but it's, it, that's not the point of it. The point is it's not. People, uh, people. Their, their main argument for um, hurting us is saying we've contributed nothing to society. So if we strip away little bits of our contributions uh, here and there over time, it makes it look like we have done nothing, and that it makes it easier yeah. for them to make the point of it's okay to hurt us or get rid of us because we've done nothing. When yeah, and so it, it, it don't take away everything we've done at once. You just do it bit by bit, whether it be hair styles or music or food, uh, uh, cuisine or uh, inventions, just little by little over time, you can make us seem worthless. And, and, and like I mentioned earlier, like we've been sabotaged so many times, like any time we've made uh, any progress in society, mm-hmm. like let's go back to a lot of our wealthy affluent towns and cities that we we built a lot of people and that were doing better than a lot of white towns and cities they will always come in either build a highway through it or come mm-hmm. in and bomb it. pretty much destroy it bomb it you know i said it's always been something but yet you you want to put the goal post up and say well you guys need to pull yourself up by the bootstrap and you need to do this, that, and the other. Like, how how can we progress as a group of people when every time we do um, try to do for self, which I'm, I'm a big proponent for that, like, we can't do it because at any time, you know, we, we do start making progress. It's like, you always want to come in. You want, you know, it's just the government always wants to come in and, and see, well, how are these Negroes able to to do X, Y, and Z. Like, we don't need them taking over. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, it's like, and that's why I tell a lot of these minorities, y'all, some of y'all come over here, let's be honest with you, some some of these um, immigrants come here and they think that, um, and, and this is another thing, like, they feel like to, in order to get ahead in American society, they have to crap on black people. Yeah, but in the day, you don't realize this that they're using you as a pawn, and and when it comes down to it, they go, they look at you as less than too. So it would behoove you to link up with us because a lot of times we as Black Americans we have always fought for other groups of people, and they always give our give their per- proverbial behinds to kiss. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So I feel like we need to be talking about these issues. You know what I mean? And we need to, I, I feel like it's very important for us to keep our history alive, document our own history, because mm-hmm. history is going to be written by whoever is dominant, quote unquote dominant. They're going to write it from their point of view. So I feel like we have to make sure our history is 
it stays alive. We need to document our history. We need to teach our um, our lineage. We need to teach our kids. We need to teach our, you know what I mean? We need to teach them about the history of this country, what we've done, and what we have contributed to this country. Because I, I think a lot of these kids today coming up, they don't know, they don't know about basic stuff. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't even, you ask them about the Underground Railroad, there's some of them don't even know who that is, what that is. They yeah. think maybe if you tell them the Underground Railroad, they think the Underground, that's a place in Atlanta where we can go shopping and yeah, do this. Mm-hmm. No, like you, like they don't know, like they are oblivious to this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we need to help each other because I remember when um, I first started out learning uh, African history, I remember mm-hmm. it being challenging because uh, at every point when I would try to dig up resources, this is, this is quite a while ago uh, when I was just entering college, um, I remember running into so many roadblocks with especially like racist uh, extremists who uh, would try to discount uh, information or try to find some way to block access to certain resources or just do whatever they could to try to, um, yeah, uh, put down black uh, inventions or culture and history. I remember complaining to a friend actually at the time about how hard it was to figure out what were actual facts uh, because of these issues with these racists who were trying to make it very hard to actually figure out what what was actually true and not true. I know now, but that's because of years of uh, reading and comparing sources and um, talking to actual historians. So um, you, you said earlier you uh, are proud of our resiliency, and um, I guess I take that for granted myself because I, I am also proud to be black, but not not just because of uh, our strength in enduring these um, these obstacles. Uh, a lot of my pride just comes from genuine knowledge of how amazing Africa and its people and uh, mm-hmm. our culture is. Just the genuine facts, we are a, a very interesting uh, group of people. Uh, the, the cuisines, both in the Americas and in Africa, the, the clothing, the hairstyles, what they represent, uh, the various empires in Africa, which were gorgeous in my opinion, the architecture, which people always assume is just gonna be some mud huts. They don't think about the actual adobe built castles or stone castles in Ethiopia, underground stone churches built by Africans, the stone walls and fortresses. Um, These people who were so diverse, some um, totally democratic, some who had zero crime or very low crime in their empires, uh, a whole society is built around uh, knowledge and reading and schooling, uh, societies where people would come in from the Middle East and be shocked at the the quality comparative that women had the ability to speak to men and have male friends uh, and to read and learn and engage in society, whereas the um, visiting cultures didn't have that for their women at the time. And again, right. Africa had the issues, but that's it, I, I can't really get into all of that because Africa has like, or yeah, has like 3,000 ethnic groups. So the diversity uh, 
itself is just a lot to really dig into, but yeah, there is so much there to learn and be proud of and to really engage with and to just make us seem like we were just in mud huts in straw uh, skirts running around doing nothing is uh, extremely insulting when it was nothing of the sort. We we had writing, we, we developed uh, outside of outside influence, like in, in writing across various cultures in Africa. We, we were not what they paint us to be. So that is what I take pride in, knowing that we were a, or still are, were and are a very uh, innovative, mm. gorgeous people. Yeah. Yeah, so I just want to do um, something, in, um, you know, just just commemorating uh, those people that have paved the way for us. Um, There's a video that I did years ago, and it uh, on YouTube, and I wanted to play it for you. Um, we're gonna probably close the show out on this, um, but I want to just kind of commemorating uh black excellence in this country like i did this how many years ago i mean probably like 12 years ago on youtube it's got a lot of views on it but i wanted to play this on the show uh and those of you that are watching this video podcast you'll see it and those of you who don't, you probably just have to look at it just to see the picture because it's not one of those podcasts. It's, you have to do some reading, which we need to be reading more as a people anyways. But it's just like a little slideshow I put together. And I am going to play this and we're going to come back and we're going to wrap up the show. Um, I want to thank you once again for coming um, and contributing. I think this is a really good show, a very educational show. And um, we're going to be back in a minute. And after this, we'll wrap up and, yeah, call tonight. Motherless children have a hard time when mother is gone. Motherless children have a hard time when mother is gone. They don't have nowhere to go. Wandering round from door to door Motherless children have a hard time When mother is gone Father will do the best she can When mother is gone Father will do the best she can When mother is gone Oh, father will do the best she can so many things you can't understand. Nobody treats you like a mother will when mother is gone. Motherless children, she's a hard time when mother is gone. You better believe it. Motherless children, she's a hard time when mother is gone. They don't have no Wandering round from door to door Motherless children have a hard time Child when mother is gone Your wife, your husband may be good to you When your mother is gone Your wife, your husband may be good to you When mother is gone Wife or husband may be good to you Turn 
and they'll prove untrue. Motherless children see the hard time when mother is gone. Some folks say that sister will do when mother is gone. Uh-huh. Some folks say that sister will do when mother is gone. They can tell you sister will do soon as she marry turn her back on you. Nobody treats you like your mother will when mother is gone. Woo. Sometime I get to wondering did I treat my mother right? I wonder about that sometimes. Wonder did I treat mother right? Hey yeah. She used to walk on Round my bed, she used to rub my aching head. Nobody treats you like ta 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 da 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 da. Freedom ring. Oh, da 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 da. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. The Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand, I, I'm tired. I am weak, Lord, I am worn through the storm. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to close out this um, show with that. Um, I did that years. That's almost 15 years ago. But, yeah, I, I dug it up. I said, I need to see if it's still on there. But. Um, I think that even since then, we've accomplished even more. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to close out. If, did you have anything else you want to add to the discussion before we close out? 
Um, no, not really. Just I enjoyed our talk and um, mm -hmm. hope the audience enjoyed it and learned something as well. And uh, I hope people who watch are encouraged to read more about Black culture and history and uh, dispel some of the negative stereotypes or assumptions they have in their minds because I feel like, again, America as a whole uh, has been conditioned to think a certain way. So uh, it's important for all of us to dig into those uncomfortable places in our minds and find those uh, biases and try to uproot them mm -hmm. with knowledge and uh, personal work. And that goes yeah. for black people as well because we do have internalized racism so uh, mm, that's, that's all, all we'll here another hour yeah. talking about that yeah because that's that's a lot of and, and there is a lot of um self-hatred mm -hmm. within our community like um man we can delve into that um especially like a lot of things like we we and i'm glad that we're slowly starting to come out of that because i see a lot of people mm -hmm. are more starting to embrace their their heritage their their natural natural hair mm -hmm. you know like um so a lot of people have like straightening and, and like like perms and mm -hmm. and skin bleaching and stuff like mm -hmm. that and uh, it's it's been a lot of stuff that was instilled like especially in black films like well especially if the dark that's a dark skinned child versus like it's a colorism that's mm -hmm. a big thing in our community man like mm -hmm. people think it's just stuff that goes on like with black women but Man, that stuff is colorism is big, even with black men. Like it's 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 mm -hmm. a lot of internalized hatred, and I mm -hmm. think it was something that was instilled to keep us divided. But at the end of the day, you are still black in this country. You got mm -hmm. one drop of black blood in you in this country. You are still considered black. So we need to all mm -hmm. come together and put put this other stuff to to the side. We get caught up in all this all this other stuff that doesn't even matter and it's only used to distract us you know what i mean mm -hmm. so well i mean we can get into that that that'll be this that'll be a whole nother hour talking about the self-hatred and just the psychology behind that and how that was used like uh like colorism like how that's been used to keep us divided mm -hmm. I, I don't even want to get into that because that that can go a whole that's a spewing yeah. mess right there that that's but, a whole um, podcast yeah um, I want to um, give a shout out um, to Justin. I want to thank you for watching our show. He said, great show, Seneca and Nas. So that we want to thank him for watching and everybody else that's been tuning in. Um, I know we did this like at the spur of the moment. I didn't really uh, promote that, promote it that much this week because I've just been so busy, but I still wanted to get on here and give you guys something because we haven't been on here in a while. But we will be back more consistently. Um, we're going to bring more people on to the panels and stuff like that. So I'm going to be working on that. Uh, I want to kind of get more people like uh, as far as people that are in different industries or different tools or different I don't know, resources that we can use. Like I want to talk really big on mental health because I think that's mm -hmm. something that we need to discuss. Um, get mental health professionals, people that are. Uh, knowledgeable in uh, finance, just different tools that we can use as a community. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that we have to start educating ourselves and we have to start going out here looking for the, to the, the resources to help build ourselves up. So that's what we're going to have in the future.
And I believe that's it. Um, like I said, join our um, YouTube channel. Um, subscribe at youtube.com forward slash UCOFW. Um, check us out. We're on all major platforms under the Urban Wire Media Network. Right now, we have two shows on our network. We have The T, and obviously, we have the Urban Wire podcast. Um, we're going to probably be adding some more shows this year, producing some more shows. Um, I believe that's it. So until next time, everybody stay blessed. Have a um, happy Black History Month. Get out there, learn, do, you know, you know, get out there, research, um, and be a blessing to someone this week. You know what I mean? Like any small thing can help. So let's just start being a blessing to each other. Let's start loving one another. And mm -hmm. let's just, you know, it's a lot of negativity going on in this world. So you can be that beacon of light and just do one small thing that will, um, make the world a better place. So until next time, everybody have a good night and we will talk to you soon.